Well, as Pastor Amanda mentioned, we've been in a series that we're calling Make Room, and we're focusing on the different characteristic traits of Jesus as we take a look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. I'm going to have Ellie read the scripture for us today and kick us off. Are you ready, Elle? Yes. Okay. Okay. Hello, guys. We will be reading from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Let's read this together. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, and Prince of Peace. Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Love you. Thank you, Elle. Let's pray. Lord, we love you, and we just thank you for your word. We thank you for family. And most of all, we thank you for your son, Jesus. And we just pray that he would be honored tonight. And we just ask that our hearts would be open to hear what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, somebody say a big amen. 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 Well, hey, has anybody seen the Christmas movie, The Star? Man, we just had a a movie night here recently. And man, this place was packed out. People were animals with the popcorn and the candy. I mean, it was literally insane. Um, If you haven't seen the movie, man, it is a great watch. It is a ton of fun. Basically, the movie recounts the story of the angel coming to Joseph and Mary and and Joseph and Mary traveling uh, on the instruction uh, of Emperor Augustus, a journey to Bethlehem for the census. And of course, we all know Mary's pregnant. And and so uh, we also know that there's a couple uh, wise men and uh, they head down there as well. And and they're sent over there to kind of to look out for the king. And they're kind of on an undercover mission. Uh, at the same time, though, uh, man, they're excited to see this king. And now the Bible doesn't really say this, but in the movie, they travel by camel. And um, I'm telling you what, those camels are my favorite characters in the entire movie. I mean, they are hilarious. If you haven't seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Any of the kids in the house, have you ever seen a real camel before? Say yes, raise your hand, let me know. You've seen a real camel? Yes, okay, I hear you. I have too, man. Camels are kind of ugly. You know, they're, man, they're stinky and man, they're just, they're interesting creatures, but they are massive. I mean, they say that camels are, are over seven feet tall. They're over 11 feet long. Can you imagine that? I mean, crazy. With that, I want to tell you the story about a camel and a man. Are you ready? So there's a story of a camel. He actually came to the man who had been riding on his back, the man who had been having the camel work for him and carry all his stuff. And it was a cold night and the camel poked his head inside of uh, the man's tent and said, sir, can I put my head in your tent tonight? It's kind of cold outside. And so the man's like thinking to himself, well, camel, you know, you are pretty good to me. So I'll let you put your head in my tent. No problem. How many know the camel got pretty comfortable with that and the next night came and the camel was cold and he poked his head in the tent and and he said, hey, sir, can I put my head and my neck in your tent tonight? It's really cold outside. And and of course, you know, the man thought to himself, well, sure, you can put your head and neck in my tent. You know, how many know that's a lot of camel already, a head and a neck. And the third night, you know, the camel was just 
being kind of dramatic. You know, it was shivering and it was really cold. And how many know a camel head and a neck all in the tent all at once with the man? There wasn't a lot of room. And the man was kind of getting annoyed. He's like, this, this camel's being so dramatic. And he's got his head in my tent and he's got his neck in my tent. And so the camel says to the man, sir, it's really cold tonight. Can I put my head and my neck and the rest of my body in the tent tonight? And the man was really annoyed at this point, and he really didn't want the camel in his tent, but he wanted to get some sleep, so he just said, fine, you know, you can come on in. And so the camel makes the, the rest of his body into the tent, and it starts getting cozy, and, and he looked over at the man after he got comfortable, and he said, you know, there's just not room in here for both of us. Can you go ahead and step outside the tent? Because I'm having a hard time sleeping. Somebody say, rude camel. Man, this camel, he was, he was so rude. And, you know, here's the funny thing. For many people, Jesus has been forced outside of the tent while the world has moved in. And it's so easy for us sometimes, without even knowing it, to just let a little bit of this into our life and a, a little bit of that into our life. And before we know it, there's really no room for Jesus. The title of our message tonight is Making Room for the Prince of Peace. And I just want you to think about this question this evening. And, and the question is this, is, is there any room in your tent for the Prince of Peace? Is there any room in your life for the Prince of Peace? Now, I know that, of course, you don't walk around with a tent, you know, sticking Jesus physically in it. But the Bible describes our bodies to be like a tent or like a temple of the Holy Spirit. And the question for us tonight is, is do we make room in our life for the Prince of Peace? There's two things briefly tonight that I want to share with you that I notice about this word peace as we talk about making room for the Prince of Peace. And the first thing I notice is this, this Christmas Eve, is I notice the reminder of peace. You know, I love that, that every year built into our calendar, uh, the whole entire U.S. stops and many people all around the world stop for this thing that we call Christmas where we celebrate the birth of Christ. And it's built in to remind us of the peace of God every single year. And how many know that peace is not just a feeling, it's not just an experience, but it's actually a person. And the Bible gives Jesus the name Prince of Peace. And so tonight we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, the baby that was born in the manger, and we're celebrating the fact that he is our peace. Why does the Bible say prince of peace? Well, how many know that a prince has a special authority? They have authority to do things for the people in their kingdom that others do not. And, and Jesus being the prince of peace, he's the only one that can bring peace to our life. Nobody else has the authority to deliver and bring peace to our world like the prince of peace Scripture encourages us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. It says this, For Christ himself brought peace to us. And we need to be reminded tonight, and Scripture reminds us, and, and I love this reminder, is that it's Christ who allows us to experience peace in our world. I want to take a little peace assessment now. I just want you to know, 
there's nothing scientific about this. It's just, you know, my own little assessment, all right? Are you ready for a little peace assessment tonight? And it's just a simple yes or no. You don't have to answer out loud. There, this place was packed in the service before this, and there was like a ton of kids, and the kids went bonkers here. I don't imagine that happening tonight, but if you want to answer out loud like them, feel free. Here's the first question. The first question is this. Do you experience peace daily? Yes or no? And I'm not talking about like where you just never have any stress in your life, in your days, but I'm talking about that you just, you frequently experience peace in your everyday life. Second question is this, do you know how to find peace? When life is anxious, when things are difficult, do you know where to go to find peace? Yes or no? Okay, you guys are, wow, this is a very transparent crowd. You know, everyone's like, yes, no, just kind of throwing your mail out there for everyone to hear. I love it. Third question. You might not want to answer this one out loud. I don't know. Do you harbor things in your heart that disturb your inner peace? Yes or no? Things like unforgiveness or bitterness, because there's things that we can harbor that actually disturb the peace that God came to bring to us. Now, I don't know how you did on this assessment. Only you do. And and I didn't do this to shame you or to make you feel bad about yourself. But yet I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to encourage us to assess ourselves, so that we can understand how much we actually need him. And this is really just a mirror for us to help ourselves see how much we actually need Christ in our life. Because as humans, if you're a human being on this planet, you're going to quickly discover, if you have not, that there are days where it's hard to find peace. And Jesus in his kindness is saying, hey, I'm here. I want to be your peace. We're talking about making room for the Prince of Peace. And the second and last thing I want to mention tonight as, as I think about the Prince of Peace is this, as I think about the results of peace You know, God wants to draw our attention to what can happen in our life when we actually make room for the Prince of Peace. In fact, the results of peace, they're absolutely beautiful. In fact, in this moment right now, you're probably having a very peaceful evening. You walked in and peace had some incredible results on your life and and it came in the form of, of love as you walked in the building and, and just joyfulness and gratefulness that, you know, your mom and dad came with you tonight or, or maybe your kids from out of town, you know, the family just gathered and you're in church together. Uh, maybe you experienced peace while we were worshiping and singing Christmas songs and, and lighting candles tonight. Um, you know, here's exactly the thing that we're experiencing on an emotional level when we experience peace is that there's a sense of safety. You feel like, hey, everything's okay. There's a sense of wholeness and calmness and insanity. How many know that sometimes during the holidays, it's hard to find sanity, but when you have peace on board, you can find sanity. Not only in our daily life can we find wholeness and safety, but we can actually expect to experience it in light of eternity, knowing that the day that we go to meet God, that we're going to be okay because we have a relationship with his son and he's taking care of our sin for us. I love what Psalms 119, 165 says. It tells us this. It says, those who love your instruction, it's, it's, it's this, a, a writer writing to God. He's saying, those who love your instructions, God, they have great peace and They don't stumble. What is the instruction of the Lord? Well, when we take a look at the life of Jesus, 
we see Jesus coming in and giving a, a, a repeat, a repetitive message. And the message he gives to his disciples and many people is this, believe in me. Believe that the Father has sent me. Believe that the Father is in me and I am in him. And believe what I have done on behalf of you for your sin. I've taken care of it for you and I've come to bring you peace. Believe in my message. Receive me into your life. And that's the message. That's the instruction. And the psalmist says, whoever loves those instructions and obeys these instructions, they're going to have what? Great peace. Not just any peace. Great peace. And with that great peace, it says, they're not going to stumble. How many of you would love to make your way through life and not stumble? You know, it's interesting. Sometimes we think about stumbling that we're always offending God and and that's a part of it. But think about how great life would be if we don't offend our spouse because we're not stumbling around them, right? We don't offend our kids or our kids, you don't offend mom and dad and you don't offend brother and sister and and your employer because you're just, you're walking in the ways of God and, and you know how to walk in a way that honors people. And how many know that the word of God can be offensive? And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like legitimately just being an offensive person. The scripture says that when we have the peace of God in our life, we won't stumble. And that's such a great, great, promise. And tonight, um, I want to, I want to close with this. I think it's important for all of us to know and understand that because of what happened in the garden, peace was broken between man and God. And in fact, when man was sent out of the garden, man was sent out of the garden without peace because Jesus is the Prince of Peace and his domain was that Garden of Eden, that garden world. And man left and because of sin, they began to experience life without peace. And how many know God didn't want it that way for you and I? He didn't want us to experience a life without peace. So he actually left the garden and came to us so that we can experience peace. And you know, some people might think, you know, maybe if you're in the room and you don't know God, you might think, well, I experience peace. You don't need to be a a Christian to experience peace. And and here's what I know. There's kind of two types of peace. One, there's moments of peace. And, And here's the reality. Every person on this planet can experience moments of peace because of the grace of God. God allows your body to operate in a specific way. He holds your body together literally And it gives your body peace just to be healthy and be whole. You know, you might uh, be experiencing peace right here tonight. You might not even be a believer. And it's because you're in the presence of God tonight. And he allows all people to experience his peace so they can taste and see and know what he's truly like. You might have a coworker who, uh, whenever you're around them, that just the words they use and the, the aura, the way they, the way they are about themselves, you might be go think to yourself, man, I experience a lot of peace when I'm hanging out with that person. It's, it's just God. And you might say to yourself, well, I don't have any Christians in my life and I still experience the peace of God when I go stand at the edge of the ocean or stand in the mountains. And, and I would say to you again, once again, that, that God's creation just displays his peace. The edge of an ocean, the, the edge of a cliff, looking out into the mountains, into the beauty of, of God's creation. His peace is really everywhere, but you can have something better than moments of peace. You can have a lifetime of peace. And the way that we do that is by having a relationship with God. And, and tonight, I'm going to invite the ushers to come down. We're going to take communion together as a church family. And if you didn't get a chance to get a communion cup, you can just lift your hand up real high and, and keep it up until the usher makes their way to you. And, and we will make sure you get communion. 
But tonight as we take communion together, um, I want to I wanna give an invitation and an opportunity for everybody in this room to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You know, I don't know how 2023 has been for you, but if you're anything like me, you've been assessing the year as it's coming to a close and you've been looking at your life and you've been considering the things that have gone well and you've been considering the things that haven't gone well, the things that you would like to go better, the things that you would like to go different. Some of you may have had a lot of grief this year. Some of you may have had a lot of difficulty at your job or with a family member. And here's what I want you to know is that 2023 doesn't have to end with you saying, it's been a really hard year. It can end with you saying, I welcome the Prince of Peace into my life. And it was a hard year, but I ended the year in peace. I ended the year strong with Christ at the center of my life. And and you might be a, a believer in the room and Maybe you have lost sight of God. He hasn't lost sight of you. He knows exactly where you're at. But maybe you've lost sight of him and you're not ending the year well. But tonight, let's just make a commitment as a a church family and and as extended family members and friends that that we're going to end the year with Jesus at the center of our life, that we're going to make room for him. So with that, I'm going to invite everyone to bow their heads and close your eyes. If you have not made room for Jesus in your life as your personal Lord and Savior, and tonight you would like to do that, the Bible says that it is by grace that we have been saved through faith. And Jesus has made known his message to you today. And perhaps this is probably not the first time that you've heard it, that he died on the cross for your sins and he loves you radically and he wants to forgive you. And he just asks that you make room in your life for him. And tonight, if you want to do that and you want to make room and ask him to be your personal Lord and Savior, I just want to invite you briefly just to slip your hand up and just slip it down long enough so that I could see it, saying, I want to make room for Jesus. I want to bring him on board to my life. Anybody like that in the room? I see a hand over here to my right. Anybody else? I want to make Jesus a personal Lord and Savior of mine in the back. Thank you so much. Anybody else? I just want to make Jesus. I want to make room for him. Thank you over here to the side. I want to make room for him. I want him to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Anybody else in the room? I want us to say a prayer together as a family. And I'm going to invite everybody to repeat after me so that these three or four do not have to pray this prayer on their own. And many of these who raised their hands were kids. And I just, I love seeing that. How many of you just wish that you knew Jesus at an early, early age? And so let's repeat this prayer. Let's say, dear God, I thank you for your son, Jesus, that he was born and he lived a perfect life, but he paid the penalty for my sin and he died on the cross for me and for the world. And today I receive him as my personal Lord and Savior. I want to thank you, Jesus, that you've made me your child in your name. Amen. Hey, let's thank the Lord together for these that raised their hand, these that welcomed Jesus into their life. We're so grateful for what he's done. We're just going to take a few moments and end this service with a song and, and worship together. Oh, communion. My goodness. Man, it's hard being up here sometimes, guys. There's a lot of responsibility. Thank you.
Thank you for being so nice to me on that. We can all open our communion, our elements. And let's take the bread. Colossians tells us that Jesus came in the form of a man and represented everything about the Father and that he died on the cross so that we could have peace with God. And so his body was broken for our forgiveness emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And with that, let's take the bread together. scripture goes on and it tells us that that Jesus' body was not only broken, but it was pierced and that his blood flowed and his blood was the payment for your sin and my sin and and that one payment on the cross was good to cover all of your sin and because of that, we get to stand before the Father forgiven sons and daughters. Let's take the juice tonight remembering his blood that was paid for us. Jesus, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for your your sacrifice that you willingly made for us. And God, we're so grateful that, that you sent your son to this earth to pay this penalty for our sin. And we're so grateful that we are in right standing with you. And we celebrate that this beautiful Christmas Eve in Jesus' name. Amen.